Good morning, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable. Thank you for joining us today. And we are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. And we'll begin with our morning prayer. I'm reading excerpts from page 225 of Science and Health and 20 of the Blue Book. A few immortal sentences breathing the omnipotence of divine justice have been potent to break despotic fetters and abolish the whipping post and slave market. But oppression neither went down in blood, nor did the breath of freedom come from the cannon's mouth. Love is the liberator. God is love, and love is infinite. Realize this, and you are safe from harm. Nothing can touch you. Mary Baker Eddy. Beautiful. Thank you. All right. The watching point. Watching point 210. Watch lest you attempt to pull down some of the main foundation stones in your spiritual building simply because they appear to be human. Actually, they are to be applied spiritually and must be restored to their rightful category and understanding. This watching point is intended to cover such terms as fear and the like. Fear in relation to error is to be overcome since it is the very basis of finiteness. But there is a fear of the Lord, which at our present stage of growth is helpful. Mrs. Eddy once said that, quote, fear to offend God is a wholesome idea, end quote. Fear, as mortal belief defines it, as being mental suggestion attached to the sense testimony, must be overcome. But at present, we need the wholesome effect of it, as it appertains to a failure to measure up to the requirements of God. The Bible tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We need the fear of the Lord to help us to overcome lethargy. Fear from any other standpoint is to be handled. Mrs. Eddy once wrote, quote, God is all you need. God is all you need not be afraid. Anything you can be afraid of is unreal. And this fear is both senseless and useless. Thank you. Comments on that? Well, when the, the fear of the Lord is definitely, I was thinking about that a lot because I, any time that we think we're afraid of something, we are offending God. It's, a, it's an offense. We're giving power to something besides God. And I looked up the word lethargy, and um, it's uh, sleepiness, dullness, inaction. So if we think that we're by fearing something or giving power to something besides God, um, that is, uh, that's, we've got to become more active in our knowing that that's, we've got to wake up 
to what we're doing, and that's not uh, that's not a good thing. So that's yeah. Make sure we're not giving power to something besides God. Yes, thank you. And what does John tell us the antidote is? Perfect love. love. Perfect love. Perfect love. Divine love. So if you're being lethargic, you're not being, you're not loving. Yeah. You're not radiating. And we've been taught here that the fear of the Lord really it is love. Word is better, is love of the Lord. Yeah, the word that was translated fear also means respect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Reverence. Yeah. Reverence. Reverence. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yep. Because you see, those things can get confusing. I used to be afraid of God and tried to obey him because I was afraid of him, but that runs short very quickly. You have to obey him because you love him. And um, and that's a healthy that that's a healthy if you want to call it fear or whatever. But yes, and and you you understand if you don't, you do run into trouble. But not because God is punishing you, but because the era is punishing yourself. Just as Karen said, if you believe in a power apart from God, you're not going to be very peaceful until you get over that one. So, and. What does Mrs. Eddy say? She talks about in Watches, Prayers, and Arguments, you must feel the danger. Because if you don't, then you become lethargic and you don't do the work you should. We are waking up <laughs> feeling the danger we should have all along for many years now. There's been many reasons for us to have felt danger um, and and feel motivated to watch and to pray and to stay at the top of our game rather than, oh, everything's fine and know oh, what's happening some other place so it doesn't concern me. No, no, no. And, and when you feel the danger, this is, this is good because this is what will help make you a good watcher. When you feel the danger, the human inclination is to fear the danger, right? But this one point says you handle the fear. That means you handle the danger. And when you do that, you can begin to do a good watch. Thank you. Feeling the danger is a good thing. Fearing the danger is a bad thing. Handling the belief of the danger, whatever's behind what you feel, handling it is the answer. I think watch. Go ahead. No, this is where he talks about, you know, observing that first commandment. Because if we're knowing that there's nothing beside God, then obviously, you know, why are we afraid? What am I afraid of if God is my all and I know it? He says, take this and you can bless others with it. So we have to be living it, really. Thank you. This is why Mrs. Eddy's household, where she had the watches morning, afternoon, evening, and in the middle of the night, the morning watch was always to handle fear. She could not have fear in her home. And so it was always to work with the omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresence of God 
and to wipe out any sense of fear. It is a good example because you really can't go forth in your day when you're fearing. So I, I love what Tom from New York used to say. He'd get up and do his lesson and then he'd go to work and start worrying about everything. So, <laughs> and, and how many of us have done that? Absolutely. That, that's the, you're missing the whole point of your time doing the lesson, your time in prayer. And then if you have the time to pray and wipe out this sense of fear. Now, from one who used to struggle hugely from fear, there are many beautiful statements in this lesson to handle the fear. And Mrs. Evans used to tell me, too, that... Um, when you are disobeying God, you will be anxious. And there's no stopping that. Okay? When you're believing that there is a power other than God, when you're believing that uh, people are mean and hateful or whatever else, when you start to stray from the Sermon on the Mount and the Ten Commandments, you will, you will be afraid. Okay? Yeah. I, you I, will. I, I, <laughs> And, and rightfully so. You will own that fear, my friend. You're going to own that fear. Now, I used to just have a chronic fear of everything. And that was something else. And that was what needed to be handled. And that was because, yes, I didn't really trust in the Father. I didn't have a good relationship with my Father. And so if you're obeying the best you know how, and you're still feeling afraid, then you get down to the nitty-gritty and handle just this belief that you are a fearful mortal because God has, has not given you the spirit of fear, but of what? Of love. Power and of love and of our mind. Yes. That is your inheritance. That is what true is what is true about you. Any other type of fear, if you are not disobeying, is just the torment of the devil, so to speak. And it has to be shut down and wiped out, and you can't be nice about it. Because it's not nice to you in belief. And you can also call it animal magnetism, because it's a form of hypnotism. Yes. Everything is animal. Every error is animal magnetism. Yeah. All hypnotic. That's it. Hypnotic. That's right. And yeah. she said... The name, it's the name for all evil. Yeah. And what uh, the RC, the Roman Catholicism, fed off of the fear, the fear. Yes, thank you. So does every false, right. so-called religious yeah. kind of belief. Yeah, there are... Islam is the same thing. Right. Islam, yeah. A lot of, a lot of the religions... Um, there were a few things I, I wanted to mention before we go into the lesson, and, and that was one of them. Uh, Linda from North Carolina came, gave quite a stirring testimony mm -hmm. to yes. wake people up who might think that there's anything nice about R.C. I mean, uh, Mrs. Evans used to say how ignorant we all were, and, and she would mean including herself. It, it took her years before she realized to handle the Lent season. And, I mean, Linda from North Carolina, we have so many Lindas I have to designate, <laughs> brought it out very clearly what it is. It's, it's bringing all this thought back up again and, and 
And if you are, if you don't understand it, if you don't know what how it operates, then you can be handled by it. You will be handled. Yes. By it. Well, that's where this lethargy comes in. Thank you. Hmm. Absolutely, lethargy, depression, hopelessness. All of that. I mean, to think you're born as a miserable sinner. And um, Jeremy found three very wonderful statements about Roman Catholicism in precepts. I don't know if you want to read them or summarize them. <laughs> I can help you if you need it. Well, I don't know. The first one's probably good to read. It says, the main purpose of our work against Catholicism is to protect the members of the Catholic Church from the error embodied in its teachings, which includes an unconscious prejudice against the truth of being. If one works unscientifically on this problem, his work becomes mere malpractice on individuals. Instead of a scientific effort to remove error from such individuals, it is a rule in science that no one can work against personalized evil unless they love the individual who is being used as a channel for that personalized evil by seeing him as an idea of God. Thank you. Remember, Mrs. Eddy says, Catholicism is brotherly love. Romanism is the Pope's intent. This is not about people, but it is about a very corrupt system. And just what Linda said, like, <laughs> who, who of us who aren't Catholics would think people are doing that to little kids, you know, teaching them that stuff? That, so it is good to know. I'm very grateful to know that stuff because I've known a lot of Catholics in my life and always wondered, where are you coming from? But this has given me some help. Well, he told me about his second wife. I call her X, too. So oh, she, would, yeah. she would wake up in the middle of the night and, and what? She would just be like a fear I've never seen before, certainly out of her, of, having, of going to purgatory and being stuck in purgatory. And I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know where that idea either came from. <laughs> and I... Now you do. Now I do. So, and I'm sure she's not the only one that's been instilled with that fear. Yes. So... And this is nothing for us to fear. This is for us to prove its utter nothingness and overcome the belief in it. But if you don't know what's operating, then you're like a cat without claws or something. You, do, you don't know how to handle the animal magnetism. We have to know these things. And it's true. You can overcome it and not know it. <laughs> but usually it's very helpful you know it, how it works. It also creeps into other religions. You yes. know, this isn't the only one. This is uh, what I loved about the last quote. Yes. Because coming from, not coming back from a background of Roman Catholicism, but having that same uh, in the organization, the domination, the control, and the fear, and uh, the di dictating what you should or should not do. But in the end of this one quote that Jeremy found from Precepts, uh, uh, Gilbert Carpenter writes, uh, if we are not watchful, the Christian science religion will carry more Catholics in spirit than the Catholic Church does in name. And that really hit me this week, and that got me to really start
start moving on it. And I'm very grateful for Linda's testimony and uh, continual work on this, because although I sort of understood and worked with Bicknell Young, he has quite a bit in his uh, dominion, uh, not to, not sure, the collective, collective writings right. in, in 1937. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I went back and looked at him, and I'm really looking at it differently, uh, pulling out the qualities, because I think I was just sort of giving it a a chart rather than a it's the human mind dominating well and you see mrs evans was she was very tough on this roman rc business and she would often bring out just what precept said and a lot of these things she knew with before she even read any of these things but you see what's happened what is this authorized and unauthorized literature what's that all about yeah what's that all about you can't read certain things uh, and and what's all about give me your money they wait for the People, you know, yes, speak up, don't speak up, bring everything to the BOD, have total control, which was never supposed to be Mrs. Evans. And we do, too. We refer to the the five popes in Boston. It used to be the five stars and the crown of rejoicing. But this is the level it falls to if you are not awake and alert and then people blindly going along with it without questioning. I think that's why any form of domination, last week uh, Jeremy was talking about manipulation and domination, and or any kind of it is not good, because we are made free, aren't we? Yes. Yes, we are. Yeah, I've been very grateful for that. I, whenever I see intimidation, manipulation, and domination in whatever it is, I always think witchcraft. And that really is. <laughs> yeah, I heard that uh, some sermon, some person, a Christian speaking about witchcraft. And he said those three things are, are a sign you're under witchcraft. And yes, it is. And it can be someone you think is very benign, you know, a husband or a wife or something or, or a child. And they start dominating you, manipulating you or and intimidating you. Or a government. Or a human government. And you only have to look at Ukraine to see where it ends up, what it leads to. So that brings us to that, um, because I know we're all working and supporting what's going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, our prayers are much needed. We had a wonderful watch Thursday with um, Carol did that, finding things from... The article war which I all suggest you study and work with and now this is Linda from Nevada <laughs> friend Linda from Nevada she sent me something this week which was encouraging um, and this went to a, a branch church out in California who is also praying I mean a lot of people are praying other than ourselves but they got a reply from a Ukrainian soldier saying your prayers are felt. Sometimes something totally inexplicable happens, like an invisible hand is guiding bullets and strikes away from us. We have got victories in very difficult situations, as if somebody was managing them. We ask you not to stop praying, but, but to continue. We need you. So, yeah, that was, yes. And now we know this is true. Even though we might not get these reports, we know this is true. Our prayers are powerful. It is all power. And we mustn't let down on this. 
be made to forget or neglect our duty to God, our leader, and to mankind. And what? By our works. Justified or condemned. Yep. Mm -hmm. So that's why we have to know how things like RC and others, how they work, so that we can pray for the people who are you know, currently subject to them, apparently subject to them, to free them from these false beliefs. Very often a, a country, you know, according to its religion is how it prospers or, or not, or its freedom or not. So uh, we are grateful we have someone in Canada who translates our lessons and other things in Russian. And we do have a Ukrainian website as well. <laughs> Here, my grandchildren are running all around. <laughs> anyway, um, so this is vital. And I've talked to you. I have this Russian daughter-in-law, and and she, not only is she Russian, Russian, she's also Ukrainian. She's mm -hmm. got both. And where her family is from, and this is her parents and aunt and cousins, and they're right near the Ukrainian border. And where she was hopeful she was going to get to Russia this summer and visit them because she hasn't for so long because of the pandemic. And she has a new little son. Looks like she won't. And she, they're all appalled at what's going on in Russia. And Russia, for the most part, has been uh, it, it's propaganda there. They're, they're told things that aren't true. But that's true around the world these days. We, it's very hard to know what's true and what isn't true. But... Anyway, so true everywhere. We, it's true everywhere. So the, thank God for spiritual truth. It's yes. true here. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. The idea is compassion and love for all people everywhere. It's again, it's not people. It's a system. Communism. We we used to do a, a watch about Romanism, communism, um, Islam. Mm -hmm. And, and also the BOD, okay, all of it, that it had no power because God was omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. And it was during that time that the Berlin Wall did come down and other great things were happening. A lot that was going on in the, in the Catholic Church was exposed. The Catholic Church does not hold the power it once did. People are waking up to it. People are waking up all over. And hallelujah. And that's what this is all about. And while I'm on this, I will um, carry this this week. She sent me the most wonderful articles. They were all wonderful. So, but one on Hezekiah. And this lesson was very suitable for what was going on all week. But in this article, Hezekiah, and all of these should go in our, on our website, in our magazines. This was by Isabel Hillier from a 1915 journal. But it brings out that how Hezekiah had started. He ascended the throne of Judah when quite a young man. He wiped out the land of everything that savored of idolatry. He was a good king. But then when Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came upon and attacked him, he was taken by surprise and he was tempted into making a weak compromise. All right? And that did him no good didn't help him at all. And then in fear and heaviness of heart, he sends to the prophet of Isaiah for help, right? And, and Isaiah comforts him and says things will work out. 
But in this article, it says, in the midst of his false sense of security, he receives a letter telling him that the enemy is returning. Alas for his compromise with error. Alas for his dependence on another's work. And then, only by working out his own salvation, only by his own realization of the omnipotence of God, will he finally be freed from bondage. So wearied with his struggles, disappointed with the results of his dependence on matter, whether it was silver or gold, on human personality, he goes into the temple alone in the superstructure of truth, as we read in Science and Health. That truth with which admits nothing that worketh abomination or maketh a lie. In the splendor of that divine presence, that life which knows no element of destruction, in the strength and majesty of that love which destroys all belief in opposing power, here he finds the answer to all his problems. Here he is raised to the pinnacle of praise. So complete is his demonstration that Isaiah knows what has been done and sends words to reassure Hezekiah of the result of his work. And then a quote from Mrs. Eddy where she says, Heaven's favors are formidable. They are calls to higher duties, not discharge from care. So I thought that was a beautiful example has the kind what he had to do and what we must all do and what everyone must all do and what every nation must all do and this is why the shaking of the nations we all must come to find this oneness with our father and so find freedom from bondage individually and collectively exactly amen <laughs> So we will continue this work, and we will not be dismayed by and, anything. And we won't fear the shaking of the nations. No. We won't tremble the boots. We will see God at work and er error destroying itself. That's a good thing. Thank we, you. We pray for the people. We pray for the people, all people. People, it's the systems that must come down, false systems. And those who cling to them or who are de deluded by them, they will maybe come down too until they wake up. Sometimes that's okay. Sometimes that's okay. It's necessary. Yes. I think, I think when, a when a person forces oh. to a point where they get to their lowest, then they really appreciate God's outstretched hand, so... Yes. Thank you. And Hello, and uh, I also um, pray about that we need to, uh, as good as this system is, uh, there are so many bad things or things that have gotten corrupted, and, and we must also pray for that to be destroyed. I'm just saying this because sometimes I hear people talking about communists or another country and kind of neglecting or thinking that, you know, this system is perfect and and we know it's not. And so that has any of those uh, imperfect things in our system must come down too. I'm just saying this to awake to that, you know. 
All wrong must come down, that's all. All wrong, whatever it is, no matter what form, all wrong must come down. And wherever it is, and unfortunately that is yeah. true, systems become corrupted. Remember, it was built on a more perfect union, the original intent of the United States of America, but just as the original intent of Christian science, Christianity, any of it, but it does get corrupted. And yes, it must all, it will all fail and be exposed. And believe me, yes, it is going on in our country. It could very well be the cause of some things. So, and, and anyone responsible for that, for because of greed or ambition or whatever, it will, it will fail and it will come down and we must be stand aside and let it happen. And, and the other thing, um, I just shared about these prayers for that for Christian Science too, as you so well say it. Um, I have prayed about something that was said some minutes ago uh, about being justified or condemned. But what came to me in prayer was that God doesn't condemn and God is not looking to justify or not justify. So this was you know, something that happened also to Christian science in that trying to be, to corrupt it by the condemnation that, well, I will say Paul brought to Christianity so much. As I admire Paul. He's got so many amazing truths to say and to practice today, but also brought this so-called law of condemnation. And so... Uh, I I love that paragraph, uh, you know, from the manual, so great. But also, we must be alert. God doesn't condemn anything. So, you know, something to look for, I guess. No, that's right, because error condemns itself. Well, that's it. And yeah. And, and what is condemned is the is the uh, resistance to the truth, to the resistance uh, that, that Jesus taught and demonstrated to the truth that is in our textbook that Mrs. Eddy received through inspiration. The resistance to the truth is what is condemned because, tr because truth destroys error. Er error is condemned. And if our works are not in line with God's plan, the, our works will be condemned as well. And that's as they the should way. be. Yes, that's the way. <laughs> yes, we do. I've often wondered, you know, I kind of winced in reading that in the manual. But you, again, we have to own these things. If we're going to fail to do what we should do, then are we just going to skip into the fields merrily and everything's fine? No, I don't think so. But you're right. God does not know God, evil. No, and he does not God condemn. God does not condemn. God is all. There is nothing in God's universe to condemn. All good. It is exactly. all. Yes. Yeah. And yes. then he says, we will be justified or condemned. So I know uh, the understanding, the spiritual understanding, so beautiful and great that, that you all talk to. But to a person that reads that, it just says we will be justified and condemned. So, it's, you know, it's, it will be taken personally. Okay, I will be justified and condemned. So I'm just saying something to be alert. I uh, 
I've been for decades studying the science of the class because it's the purest thing I ever seen and keep on seeing. Uh, but you know, to be alert that it can get corrupted even at that time. Uh, Mrs. Eddy did not want to write a manual. She originally thought, well, Christian scientists don't need a manual if they obey God. But she found in the organization and at the, at the point where people were at that they needed guidance on the yeah. human level. And that is what it is for. I hope you to feel the danger. That's a, yeah, that's to the feel, the danger. Yeah. feel the danger. Yeah, feel the danger. Your works are going to be what what does it? Not anyone else's. Yeah. Nobody's going to swoop in and do it for you. you got to do it yourself. <laughs> so. Yeah, Hezekiah did it individually. And then, you know, the, the effect is, is collective. So we have to each do what we're supposed to do, as we've been saying. Doesn't he say we must act as if we were the only Christian scientists yeah. on Earth? Yes. Yeah. It, also, it also goes back to the fear of the Lord. That was in our watch. Yeah, it does. Apps, it does. Yep, that's what and certainly the, does. And the beatitude, and and Christ Jesus want to indicate how serious this was. He says, "Yes, you come to me and and say I did all this, and then I say I never knew you because you really weren't listening to me and doing the works that I was asking for you to do." So make check yourself. Make sure you really are serving the Lord God. And, and, uh, that is beautiful. Absolutely you. beautiful. <laughs> that sums it up. Yes. And this does. This isn't a superficial religion. You can't. Yeah, if you were to read that superficially, oh, my gosh, they condemn and justify. I don't want to be part of this. <laughs> we spent years and years studying this. It takes that. But it is the pearl of great price. So it's worth it. And it is a science. Let's not forget, we're, we're, not talk, we're not dealing with the human belief system here. We're, we're, we're dealing with a science. It's like mathematics. It's like music. If you make a mistake in mathematics, what happens to your answer? Wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. <laughs> and if you're using mathematics to build a, a bridge, the bridge is not going to last. That is the condemnation. Error has its much. consequences, mm -hmm. and we can't be ignorant of the consequences of making a mistake, which is what sin is. It's a mistake. It's missing mark. It's not. It. It's a mistake in the science. And if you make a mistake in music, it sounds terrible. Everybody looks at you. <laughs> yeah, what's with that? <laughs> Thank you. So true. No, that is good. Yeah. And also, I think another important thing is it's not saying condemned eternally. Yeah. You know, not like like like, like Linda from yeah, <laughs> North Carolina kind of, told us, yeah. two thousand years or what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. walking or whatever. It's just not. It's not no. not eternal. He says you can turn it once. Yes, turn so, it once. Retrace your steps. Yep. Thank no you. All. So, so thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, thank you, because it's maybe it is something that people don't um, understand. So when Jeremy mentioned about love's outstretched hands, 
This was another article from Carrie called Love's Never Failing Hand. And she talks about timid, being timid, the definition, fearful of danger, timid, destitute of courage, timorous beliefs. Our little granddaughter, she's four years old. She was so looking forward to this birthday party. She was oh, so excited about it. And then she went there and, and there were a lot of people she didn't know. So she just cried, and her mother had to take her in the car. She she just cried for half an hour. <laughs> she wouldn't go in, but she wanted to go in, but she wouldn't go in. And and later, in talking to her about it, she said, "Well, I was nervous, <laughs> and and you know, she was timid because of people she didn't know, and so to talk about it in in the truth that she didn't have to be afraid of people, but to be loving and to you know reach out. But this is what." Um, Fear does, and even sometimes if you want to do something. And she really did, but she just couldn't. <laughs> so, so, and I know I've certainly felt that way many times. Anyway, so in this, in this article. Used to feel that way. Yeah, sorry. Yes, I used to feel that way. <laughs> A Not, long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> no more. This writer says, some mountain climbers who were bent on reaching one of the high peaks of the Alps came to a point where the narrow path on a lot ledge overhanging a deep precipice was almost completely blocked by a great rock that had been loosened from its moorings by recent rains. The first thought of some on discovering the barrier was that the ascent would have to be abandoned, but the leading guide soon proved himself master of the situation. Placing himself securely in position, he extended his hand to aid the timorous to encircle the rock. One after another thus reached the other side in safety, but one woman became appalled as she gained a near view of the almost obliterated trail and giving a look into the veil below, drew back in terror. The guide promptly met the need with a kindly smile and a voice pulsating with cheery confidence, he declared, come on now, don't be afraid. That hand has never lost a man. This incident is fraught with instructive thoughts. The Bible abounds with passages in which the hand is figuratively employed to express God's power and influence. It is a helping hand, a hand overflowing with blessings. We are reminded of that reassuring, joy-giving promise to God's people voiced by the prophet Isaiah. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. What more could be desired? So that leads us to our responsive reading. <laughs> We've gotten so far. Anyway, um, Linda and Jeremy wrote about that. You want to say anything? Well, um, yeah, after reading about the right hand of my righteousness, uh, Mary had brought out about presence, certainty, and position, and man doesn't desire to get from somebody or some other nation, but draws from infinity, from addresses. And this week I had read in Clectania, where Mrs. Eddy told someone that animal magnetism can always be detected and thought by confusion, forgetting, refusal to do one's duty, and moral illness. It just felt like those two things were sort of like flip sides of the same coin. So, so I, I really like being able to 
to work that out, you know, how to be present with truth and love is to be absent from confusion. To have the certainty of divine mind and soul. To always have the inspiration and revelation and ideas needed to be God's expression. And to cheerfully be positioned by principle, love, is to gratefully do our duty to God, to our leader, and to mankind. And finally, to be obedient to spirit is to understand that it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And heirs false promises of all it says it will give, as Craig read on Wednesday, have no effect as we stand fast in the word of God and know that he will uphold us with the right hand of his righteousness. So, I don't know, I just... Every every week, something more to like strengthen my resolve the truth. So I'm grateful. Thank you. Yes. And Linda, um, I don't have much more to add because what you read was uh, beautiful about the definition of the right hand. But what I brought out of it for myself was that I pictured a child with a, a father, a father mother, the hand. And I love where Mrs. Eddie talks about. And I've got cold, and she's. It says, children not mistaught naturally love God, for they are pure-minded, affectionate, and generally brave. Passions, appetites, pride, selfishness have slight sway over the fresh, unbiased thought. End quote. And I just, I love to go over that, because Jesus said to be his children. And there she just defines it. Yes, yes. I must give gratitude for this hand, because I know... Back then, when I was so afraid, I mean, 24-7 afraid, I know that this is one of the things that has helped me. Just every day knowing, my hand in your hand, Father, I walk with you. I mean, every I had to say it over and over and over, and it did help me. So. Thank you. Yes, yes. I was given two years ago. Um, and I was told to memorize it. I kept it written. I kept it by my table, at bed table, and and I did. I worked with it all the time. It it goes into your inward parts, and it replaces all the fear by knowing God is with you. He's holding your hand. I would just reassure myself. That's what little Emmy, my granddaughter, needs to know and do to get become brave. She didn't know what that word meant. I had to explain to her. But anyway, that, that that is when you've got those fearful thoughts. To replace those fearful thoughts, renew your mind with what's true. And that is what uh, Jesus meant when he said we must be as, as we must be as children to enter the kingdom of God. It's the it's the in, it's the trusting, the innocent trusting that we have to get back to if we've lost it yes and and you know how in christian science uh, is so important and we learn to impersonalize god as well as evil and and so i have been led every time there's something about god as a you know, hand, head, or foot, or something, which beautiful verses have that. And and I've been led always to replace hand for care, for the care of God, and it, it just makes it so beautiful. I'm very grateful for that inspiration about, you know, replacing it with the spiritual uh, meaning, and, and, and I walk away from kind of the corporeal meaning. 
mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for that. Thank you. Yes, it's so true. The references to things like that in the Bible are very comforting. I often, you know, talks about bowels of mercy, about heart, about hand, yes, knee. Think about what it says in the Bible and know that's the truth about you. And hand is not, not, not only care, but it's also power, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His, his hand has never lost a man. <laughs> I like yeah, that. Yeah, I love that. Isn't that? That's, that's so beautiful. Just that one thought. And You, you know, can never be lost by hanging on to God. <laughs> yep, that hand. Even the, the most difficult path you might be walking on. Hang on to that hand. Focus on that. Don't look down. Focus on him. Look up. Both power and presence, really. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, power and presence. And then the beautiful, I've always loved in Daniel, O man, greatly beloved, fear not, peace peace be unto thee, be strong, yea, be strong. And that, that sense of God's love for you and your love for him. And to, to keep that and and look what Daniel did knowing those things the tremendous things there's other beautiful articles Carrie sent about that too um, let's see if I can find one um, well anyway yeah here it is um Above my desk hangs a familiar picture of Daniel in the den of lions. This one is unframed, a small mounted, small print mounted upon a piece of cardboard, and below the picture is written, a man greatly beloved. We all know that picture, Mm -hmm. Daniel looking away from the lions. It was sent to me many years ago by one who had just begun the study of Christian science. At that time, she was a stranger in a great city with a very meager salary, This is a season of giving, she wrote, and I will not be cheated of its joy by any false sense of lack. It will not matter to you that this little gift cost only 17 cents. You will know what goes with it. I am trying to know with Daniel that God loves me. She knew she would be understood, but she would not know how many times in the years that have passed since since then the memory of her high-hearted courage and generous faith has come back to me like a trumpet call. And how many times the little phrase written upon her gift is taught anew its solemn and beautiful lesson. So think of that often, how loved, how beloved you are. And listen to the trumpet call. Yes. There's the trumpet again. Yeah, keep talking about the trumpet here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Beautiful thought. And then, of course, our wonderful... Psalm 27, and all that's in there. There was another beautiful article about being in the sanctuary. Because when you dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of your life, you are in in God's sanctuary, aren't you? Mm -hmm. And that you don't bring anything in that sanctuary that's not of God, do you? You better not. You better not. (laughs) You better not. You'll be booted out along with it. (laughs) So... It's a sacred sanctuary. We must keep it sacred. And, and I, that's why I love to think of that, that we are dwelling in that house all the days of our life. And then to 
Behold the Beauty, and that was in that too. No Sanctuary for Error, it's called. Um, when the psalmist sings, he shall hide me in his pavilion or the secret place of the Most High, he alludes to the sanctuary of true consciousness, which error cannot enter. And that's how it must be. Um, Isaiah, talking of the holy city, says, The inhabitants shall say, I am not sick. Every time one ceases to say, I am sick, and knows instead that because of his oneness with the Father, he is well, and so becomes well, even to human sense, he transfers himself from what someone has called the temple of turmoil to the other temple, which Paul called the temple of God. And every time this happens, a sanctuary has been taken away from error and replaced by that into which nothing can enter that defileth or maketh a lie. So isn't that beautiful? This is how we keep our sanctuary pure and, and, and for others too. We are purifying and spiritualizing the world, and it never fails to bless. That is why we pray without ceasing. Because a thought filled with life, truth, and love, there's no room for error. It can't enter. Instead, he said, error is always too late in that case. Yes, and, and so it is. I think of our church that way. And, and 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 whenever anybody comes with a need, you can clearly discern it, and they get what they need because it's so it stands out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's it, and that's what we work to keep the sanctuary free from any error. Um, and it's so important that we do. Mrs. Evans used to often use that quote about nothing. Can enter the defileth or maketh a lie. And then there's just this beautiful statement um, about Jesus healing the leper. Carrie's going to end on a beautiful poem that Carrie found about the leper. But this there is a power in a touch, provided there be a fountain of life back of the outstretched hand. One, by touching a leper, may contract the melt malady himself and communicate it to others in the same way. His touch heals not, but spreads the disease. But in Jesus, there was such fullness of life that his touch communicated life and health. When he touched the leper, he overcame evil with good. He conquered disease with health and he destroyed death with life. Oh, may we have such a touch. Yes. All right, Gary, we'll end with this poem. Poem by Earl McLeod from the 1922 Sentinel. <clears throat> he stands a lonely figure on the plain across which winds the Galilean road. His eager gaze upon the throng which comes with eyes for none save him who leads. The multitude draws near, the weary watcher stirs. A coarse robe drops away, his face reveals. A leper, mutter some, all stop in dread save one, who, heeding not the cry, unclean, 
and faltering not comes to the watcher's side. No trace of fear, no shrinking air is there to mar the loving look on his calm face. Compassion shines in his clear eye and stirs the outcast's heart to hope for freedom and for health. Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Forth from his heart the pleading cry wells up, and lo, upon his knees the suppliant falls before the one whom he so long has sought. A murmur as of fear comes from the throng. Unheeding still, the master stands and sees no leper by the laws of men outcast, but God's own image, even perfect, whole, as when his likeness first to him appeared. No loathsome wretch barred out from home and friends, but man, unfallen, perfect as his source. His hand outstretched, the master's gentle touch falls on the one who kneels, and then he says, I will, be thou clean. Then straightway springs from out the dust, his face transfigured, clear, by joy that healing brings to those who hear love's voice and heed the truth its message holds. The man, outcast no longer, leaps upright. Bathed and made clean in love's all-healing stream, stripped of the tattered rag of earth's garb, clad in the seamless robe of truth's own child, in humble gratitude, his praise he speaks. With loving words, the master moves away as healing truth unto the world he bears. The crowd, awestruck and eager, follows on. More wisdom thus to gain, his works to see. He stands, no longer lonely, on the plain across which winds the Galilean road no longer outcast, healed and held by love, beholding man in God's own likeness, free. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.